Welcome to another episode of the High School Huddle Podcast presented by the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. It's episode four of the 2019 season. I'm also happy to announce that we're on iTunes now, so check us out there on the app. I'm Brian Gossett, Prep Sports Editor, and I'm joined today by our sports writer extraordinaire, Stefan <laughs> Stevenson. Uh, you can find him at Twitter, uh, at StevensonFWST. How are you doing, Stefan? I'm doing well. It's great to be with you, Brian. Talking high school sports. Uh, it's been a while since uh, you've talked about high school sports. Yes, I was on the high, high school desk here at the Star Telegram from 2000 to 2008. I really liked it. Got to know all the football coaches, all the volleyball, all the coaches of all the sports every Sunday, taking stats. It, it took a, it was six hours every Sunday with me and four agate clerks. Uh, the times have changed, I know. And the good old days, right? <laughs> yeah, the good old days. And uh, your your beat was, uh, or one of your schools was Salt Lake Carroll. Yeah, that was the last team I covered in 2008. They were really good then. They had won a lot of t- titles. Uh, Chase Daniel and a bunch of well-known high Riley school Dodge. stars. Yes, yeah. Riley Dodge. Todd Dodge was the coach then. Uh, and then Hal Wasson. But yeah, yeah, that was the that was the last team that I really covered in, uh, on the high school beat. Well, a lot has changed here in the uh, newspaper world, but yeah, uh, not, not a lot has changed in Salt Lake Carroll. Still one of the top teams in the area. Um, but like I said, another exciting episode to get to today. Um, just what are some of the things we're going to dive into today, Stefan? All right, Brian, we're going to recap week two, including the games you went to, football and volleyball rankings, and a look ahead to week three. Let's start off with this Thursday night game in week two. You went to Frisco to see Plano and El Paso Eastwood. With everything going on in the past month in El Paso, with the horrible events there, uh, this turned out to be a great night for both communities. Yeah, uh, there's so much storylines here. You know, uh, this game was originally set for – um, Friday night, uh, the, the six in Plano, and Plano ISD decided to cancel the game, and then got this backlash on social media. Uh, 24 hours later, they reinstated, moved it to Frisco, over the Star, uh, you know, headquarters of the Cowboys, and it turned out to be a great night. You know, Jerry Jones was there to greet the El Paso Eastwood staff. Um, you know, I did a couple stories. One pregame just to talk to both sides, the fans, their reaction. Uh, talked to three or four people from Eastwood, and you know, made the haul, uh, 10, 11 hour drive just to watch the game. And then Plano, just uh, the support from from the parents, the the students. Uh, so yeah, it was a great night. It was televised here in yeah. DFW, Channel Eight. Channel Eight. Um, my buddy Mike Leslie was on play by play, and. Uh, the uh, affiliate in El Paso picked it up too. So, oh, that's cool. Um, it was a great game. I mean, uh, Plano did win tw- uh, 43-28, um, but like most people said, you know, both sides were winners already. Um, talked to the coaches and the, the players after the game. Um, just overall happy. And, and I'm sure you've seen it on social media, you know, National Anthem. They were all on the field, you know, uh, alternate players yeah you see the eastwood kids with tears in their eyes so um it was it was a really neat deal to to go out there too pretty emotional night yeah for everyone i mean uh talked to coaches and and they had goosebumps and chills all throughout and and like i said the kids just uh you know it's hard for these el paso kids because you know that's probably the only time they're going to play at the star and so it's uh they said it's an experience they'll never forget what was the hang-up in the first place? 
uh, Plano ISD, uh, they they just kind of thought it was too soon. It was two weeks after when they made this decision. It was two weeks after the uh, mass shooting. Um, you know, I, did they think they were they they oh, they always something, uh, doing a favor to El Paso? Um, I think they thought that, but it turns out that it was kind of like Eastwood took it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you know, sports times like this, sports can bring it was absolutely, yeah. Right. And so uh, they just kind of felt, you know, disrespected. You know, they mentioned they could come to El Paso and play or, or meet halfway, and um, Plano never, you know, thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, their only option was a closed stadium, and so Frisco, you know, opened up and, and they took it. But um, you know, I know they. The uh, shooter was from DFW and actually graduated from Plano. Yeah, which I think made it a little more sensitive. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, like like a lot of people said on on during the game, it was he he doesn't represent Plano. So I mean, it just yeah, it turned out it it t- took Plano uh you know a couple hours to get there, but it it turned out really well. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, interviewed some of the coaches, kids, Julio Lopez, the coach over at uh, Eastwood. Um, got in a couple questions because you know a lot of uh, media guys were there after the game so uh, got some couple questions in with him and here's my interview with Eastwood coach Julio Lopez. What is your uh, when this was all going down you know middle of August what was the most important thing you want to tell your kids the biggest lesson that uh, they want to take away from all this? Uh, well, the biggest lesson I just think is, again, football can do so much for so many of us. You know, we went through a tragedy as a family um, earlier this week with the loss of Eddie Cruz. It's been very hard on us this week. Obviously, we played there. The meaning behind the game already was there with the El Paso and Plano connection and making sure that we honored the victims in El Paso the right way. Um, I just hope they remember this for all the right reasons later on in their life. I hope that they take out a great message from, from the pregame stuff to the sportsmanship after to just the night in general. It was a great night for Texas high school football um, and a great night for both communities. Yeah, it seemed like even before the game started, each community got a win. Oh, you know, no doubt. Overall, it was a success. Yeah, no doubt. I, I don't know if I've ever seen that in a pregame, um, just the way the teams came together. Uh, football is a very physical, violent sport. You go after each other for 48 minutes, and we came together before and even after. You see the sportsmanship. I mean, these two communities, uh, you know, I. When this first all happened, I, I was kind of against playing the next two years, but I think this is good. I think this is good. We'll, we'll revisit the conversation later on, but um, I just can't be more happy with the way both sides represented themselves, and hopefully we did it justice. All right. The Cotton Bowl prep showcase uh, was played in week two with doubleheaders on Friday and Saturday, and we'll start with Friday's game between Garland Saxe and Euless Trinity. Yeah. Uh, the second year in a row, these two played um, at the Cotton Bowl. It was the early game on Friday. Uh, you know, it was kind of a slow start on both sides, but in the end, it, it turned out pretty well. Trinity won 21-19. Um, the, you know, shout out to our producer Steve, Euless uh, <laughs> Trinity grad. Um, and I'm sure you know you covered oh, Trinity yeah. a couple they, times. They were awesome back back when I was. Are they still good? They're they're still good. I mean, they they were always Steve Lineweaver. Yes, he was a legend, or is a legend. Yeah, uh, you know those big boys up front. They they all those run dominant teams. All, all the Samoans. Some, you know yeah. Samoans, Polynesians. Pol- yeah. Uh, 
you know, not not much has changed. They still run the ball really well, uh, over 300 yards. Three backs, uh, A.J. Barnett had a touchdown. Ollie Gordon had a couple touchdowns. Um, and like I mentioned, Trinity won by two points. Saxe actually uh, scored there late and could have tied it with the two-point conversion, but Trinity's defense able to stop them there uh, for the win. So Trinity improves to uh, 2-0. and all right, for the second straight week, Denton Geyer won a shootout against a team they were shut out by in 2018, Cedar Hill. Uh, this one was going down to the final seconds, right? Yeah, and for a second straight week, I, I got the chance to watch Geyer. You know, they had that amazing game uh, in week one against Toledo, 60-57. to This one, again, back and forth. Uh, you know, quarterback for Cedar Hill, Caden Salter, just finding, you know, receivers left and right. Quinn Bright, a couple touchdowns. Geyer with, um, you know, Eli Stowers at quarterback, Kadrick Cobbs at running back, just back and forth. Uh, second half ended up having eight lead changes and I believe three in the uh, fourth quarter. Hmm. And uh, Cobbs able to get a 10-yard touchdown run with 15 seconds left uh, for Geyer to improve to 2-0. and uh, Final score there, 40-36. to And uh, Kadrick Cobbs, interesting, you know, he's, he missed the first three games last year which is a reason, uh, one of the reasons why Geyer had started with those losses. Um, he's back, you know, he's averaging 217 yards on the ground in the first two games. Um, lot, the, the word they like to use was personal. Um, they took these two games, two first games personal because of those shutout losses um, last year, which was the first time in their history they'd been shut out in back-to-back games. So mm-hmm. big game again from Cobbs. Got a chance to interview him. Um, after the match. What'd you kind of see there on that uh, fourth and two play? Uh, a big hole. It was, our lineman did a great job of picking up the blitzing outside backers and left me isolated with the one, uh, with the mic. I made a miss and got in the end zone. You know, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Just uh, kind of talk about this game, back and forth battle. Uh, it was kind of like Galito last week. Uh, every time they scored, you guys had an answer. Uh, we know our, well, I, I said this last week in our, our defense, they bent, but they didn't break. They came up big when they needed to on the last possession the last two weeks. They've had key stops in the middle when we couldn't get it done offensively. Um, you know, that it's just, it's just like it's a really fun one. It's an offensive game, but I, I think our defense needs a little more credit for making the stops when, when they did. Before we get to the final game of the week, do we know where Cobbs is leaning towards? Uh, um, he's not committed right now. He's got uh, some really uh, – he's a smart guy. He, he – um, top in his class, 5.0 GPA. So Stanford uh, or Ivy League. I mean, I mean Stanford could be in the mix, uh, but I, I'm hearing right now it's some of the smaller, uh, you know, smarter schools. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the final game of the week, the afternoon game on Saturday between Arlington Bowie and Mansfield, and and once again Bowie looked really impressive. Yeah, uh, they ended up beating Mansfield 40 to 20. Um, Mansfield had their moments. Uh, they actually had a long drive, I think, five and a half minutes uh, to open the game and, and took the lead there. But Bowie um, able to take an 18-6 lead at half and then uh, really wasn't close. Uh, Drayvon Ponder, quarterback, had uh, a nice game, 181 yards passing, 119 on the ground. Uh, Jimmy Falzen, uh, another long touchdown catch this week. Uh, and their their running backs, uh, Deontay Prevost and Marcellus Sims. Uh, nice day for those two 
uh, three total touchdowns. Um, so now Bowie, they're 2-0 and week one. They beat Marcus 28-14, trying to go 3-0 and here. Uh, but, you know, Danny DeArmin, their coach, very happy with um, with their performance against Mansfield, just talking about, uh, you know, the offense, defense, and overall just their depth. You got uh, some nice games from a couple of kids. Uh, you know, Ponder uh, had some nice long runs. Just overall impressed with the offensive performance. Yeah, I, I was very impressed with them. Uh, coming off last week, uh, thought we stepped it up just a little bit. We had a few more penalties today. I was, I was disappointed in, but I thought Ponder had another great game. Um, you know, had another receiver that, that had a big game. I was proud of that. Had a different running back that, that uh, got some, some big gains, so I was excited about that. Uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty happy with them. All right, the new football rankings came out this week uh, with the state rankings on Monday and the area rankings on Tuesday. Does anything uh, jump out at you with the new rankings? So the state rankings, uh, David, Dave Campbell's Texas football comes out with these rankings every Monday. Um, a few changes here. Arlington Martin, uh, another team I'm sure you used to cover back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Wager in his, in his early stages, he's still there. Um, they're two. Uh, they're two and zero now. They moved up five spots to number thirteen in six A. They took down Hebron um, in their home opener. You know, week one they took down number three Lake Travis. So nice start for Martin. Uh, interesting note uh, for Martin. And we have the game recap on our site, dfwvarsity.com. But they they led Hebron 24-0 at halftime, and they had negative 30 yards of offense. Good grief. They got uh, – they got Defensive. they opened the game with a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Wow. Uh, I believe they had a punt return for a touchdown. And I think they had a field goal block return for a touchdown. So, uh, so as a coach, are you happy about that first half? Uh Negative thirty yards. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bittersweet <laughs> there, but um, they they pulled off um, the win, so now they're two and zero. Um, in five A, Lancaster and Burleson Centennial, two new teams in Division One. Um, Lancaster is uh, number nine, and, and Centennial comes at number ten. Grandview, uh, a little south here, uh, leading three A Division One, and uh, Nolan Catholic enters the the private school rankings at number five. So again. Dave Campbell's uh, Texas football comes out with these rankings every Monday, and uh, we have the list here on dfwvarsity.com. And that's something new this year, right? It's no longer the AP. Right, and uh, AP's just uh, taking Dave Campbell's. So. Yeah, that's kind of cool, um, since that sort of the, is the, the Bible of Texas high school football. It is, Dave yeah. Campbell. And then uh, Matt Stepp and uh, Greg Temper uh, kind of lead the way there, and they, they do an amazing job. All right, what about your area rankings with 6A, 5A, and 4A and others? Any new teams um, we should be keeping our eye on? Yeah, I mentioned uh, Burleson Centennial. They're uh, 2-0 now. They beat Corsicana in week one and then Denison. Um, I got them in the mix at uh, number 10 and 5A. They're actually tied for number 10 with their uh, neighbor school, Burleson High, because the Elks are also 2-0. Um, they're coming off a great win against Braswell. Crowley moved up. Uh, the Eagles just beat Mansfield Legacy. They start district now with Chisholm Trail this week. Um, you know, you look at some of the top teams. Highland Park still leads the way. Ryan, Alito, uh, Lone Star jumped up two spots. Um, in 6A, you know, again, shout out Steve, Trinity. I got them <laughs> number 10. 
Uh, DeSoto is a new school as well, number nine. And uh, not much has changed uh, with the the first uh, couple schools there. Duncanville and Allen continue to lead the way. And uh, Argyle continues to lead in 4A and others. So back 20, 30 years ago, Duncanville was a power. But when I was on the high school desk, De, De Soto was running the show. It was DeSoto. Cedar Hill. Cedar Hill. And Duncanville was kind of taking it on the chin for about a decade there. Yeah. Are they back on top now? They're back, they're back on top. You know, uh, a lot of people expect them to be, to be back in the state final. You know, last year they're in the state final and, and mm-hmm. at Hail Mary. Um, you know, last, last title they won was in 1999. Like you mentioned, your time, you know, Cedar Hill had won – three um i think maybe in five years something like that and and desoto won a couple titles but it's it's duncanville's show now cool all right uh continue to check all these stories out on uh, dfwvarsity.com throughout the week the week two leaders also came out and justin northwest and joshua both with huge offensive performances yet both suffered losses to mckinney north and lake worth respectively uh northwest with over 770 yards of total offense that's a ridiculous amount uh, quarterback Austin Ahmad with 515 yards and seven touchdowns. And wide receiver Xavion Taylor set three school records with 16 catches, 309 yards for six touchdowns. So, yeah, just a little different from back in your day, right? I mean, it, there was some passing, but it was uh, more run-heavy, wasn't it? Um, South Lake Carroll was throwing the ball a lot. Uh, Trinity obviously was running the ball most of the time. Um but, but no one's putting up 770 well, yards. Well, no, that that is crazy. That no, that that is got to be some sort of uh, area record. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Uh, you mentioned Joshua. You know their mm-hmm. quarterback Landon Jest. Um, he also set a school record with 527 yards passing against Lake Worth. His wide receiver uh, Tyler Stone with 247 receiving, and the Owls uh, came in second overall in total yards with 676. All right, uh, Lake Ridge coming in third with a 605 yards, uh, while their quarterback Adrian Hawkins threw for 370 yards. Cleburne's Cleo Chandler was the leading rusher with 261 yards, followed by Azel's Jacob Lee at 224. Haltom's Jace Washington had 181 yards receiving, and Fort Worth uh, representing in defense with Pauley allowing minus four yards of offense, and South Hills second at 77 yards. Yeah, and both uh, picked up wins there. Again, uh, check out all the content at dfwvarsity.com. Just want to mention before we continue the latest players and teams of the week. Uh, week two football offensive player of the week, McKinney North quarterback Dylan Markowitz threw for six, uh, 365 and five touchdowns against Northwest. Uh, Caleb Culp from Parish Episcopal was our defensive player of the week with 22 tackles as uh, they upset Two-time defending uh, TAPS D2 state champ Trinity Christian Cedar Hill. And uh, uh, you know who's on that team? Uh, Deion Sanders is, is the coach there. His his, uh-huh. his son is the quarterback. Is and he good? He's good. He's getting a lot of offers. He had an older son that's, uh, I believe, I can't remember where he went. I know he, I know he got a Florida State offer uh, where Deion's from. Back when I was running high schools, we just called that Cedar Hill Trinity. We, it's we probably still around. called that. It's probably well, still no, called that. It's probably you're probably right, Craig. I you're just probably, call it TC Cedar Hill nowadays. Uh, and you know what? Back when I was uh, covering or running the high school show here at the Star Telegram, 
we did not deal with McKinney McKinney schools and Plano schools, and right. we cut it off at Irving, yeah. and we didn't even cover Coppell. They wanted us to focus on Fort Worth ISD and Tarrant County only. Um, so in, in a lot of ways, your job is a lot harder keeping track of the entire Metroplex, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even now, we, we still, you know, we won't cover, we won't go on and cover, you know, Trinity Christian. Yeah. So. But you're, you're yeah, keeping an eye on the week, them. And, yeah. On the volleyball court, uh, Saginaw sweeping the awards as the Rough Riders won Team of the Week. And their starting setter, Kaylee Brewbaker, winning Player of the Week with 42 assists and 22 digs uh, as they won in five sets against Fossil Ridge. All right, before we jump in week three games to watch, new rankings came out for volleyball and no change this week as Byron Nelson continues to be the top team followed by Lake Ridge, Mansfield, Carroll, and Eaton rounding out the top five. Burleson, Boswell, Birdville, that's a lot of Bs, Weatherford, and Martin numbers uh, are numbers six through ten. Yeah, you mentioned Eaton. Uh, they were part of my game of the week Tuesday night visiting Birdville, a pair of state-ranked teams. Birdville uh, came out on fire in the opening set, winning 25-22, but um, I don't know what changed. Uh, Eaton adjusted. You know, they blitzed past the Hawks in four, winning the final three sets, 25-12, 25-12, 25-16. Kendall Payne, the uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi commit, 19 kills, 24 digs. Eaton got uh, four players with 10 or more kills. Three had double-doubles. Uh, Kaya Yeoman had six blocks. Mary Bell Yuma Uologo, if I said that right, 23 digs. And Eddie Ortman with 42 assists. Um, Eaton coming in number 16 in the state in 6A, 24-4. Uh, they, they tied a school record for wins in the season. And uh, so big win there. Got a chance to talk to Kendall after the game um, just to get her thoughts about uh, what happened, uh, what they changed after the first set. Interview with Kendall Payne here. The first set, I think we just came out and started slow, but in the locker room right before the match, we set these goals, and as we approached the second, third, and fourth set, we realized like this game isn't going to be as easy as we thought, and so we just really pushed to achieve those goals and just make the match go our way. Uh, between the first and second set, what, you know, what was close? Was there frustration? What was going on? There was frustration but also like we just renewed our confidence because we knew those balls that we didn't necessarily pick up or that we just were making errors on like we knew that we could control our skills and overcome that all right uh a few districts have started uh league play but most of them uh begin on friday uh, be on the lookout for 5-6-A arguably the best district district in the state with byron nelson Denton Geyer, South Lake Carroll, Keller, Eaton, Timber Creek, Fossil Ridge, and Keller Central. That'll be a playoff game every single night. Yeah, and before we uh, close out the show with week, week three matchups here, uh, you know, our, my volleyball leaders um, on our DFWVarsity.com, so go check it out. Just want to mention um, a few leaders here. Haley Hunt from Red Oak leading the way with 415 kills. Uh, Reagan Ward from Waxahachie, uh, leading setter here at uh, 817 assists. Peyton Chamberlain from Byron Nelson, second with 787 assists. Emily Aliong from Boswell, leading in digs. And uh, 
Linrick Stewart from Lake Ridge continues to lead in aces with 80. All right. Uh, we'll end the show with some week three games to watch in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. First up, St. John's College out of Washington, D.C., taking on Duncanville Saturday night. Yeah, this is a uh, national showdown as uh, St. John's is one of the nation's top private schools. Um, they're number 16 in the Max Preps Top 25. Duncanville is number five. A uh, load of talent here. Um, the cadets having eight of the top 20 class of 2020 recruits from that area, including the top four. Um, they have Georgia commit, LSU, Clemson, and Tennessee. Duncanville, again, just um, these past two years really have turned it around. You got to credit uh, their quarterback to Quentin Jackson, four-star kid committed to Texas, coming off a 59-3 win against South Oak Cliff in Week Two, and then in Week One defeating Lancaster 24-3, and uh, their safety another big part of that success. Chris Thompson Jr., who's committed to um, Auburn, but that is uh, Saturday night, 6 p.m. in Duncanville. All right, number two on your list is Frisco Lone Star at Highland Park on Friday night. That's uh, two top five teams in 5A. Yeah, uh, Lone Star coming in number three in the uh, Dave Campbell's rankings, and, and Highland Park is number one. I have them at number uh, number one and number four, respectively. Um, Lone Star uh, really putting up some big numbers through the first two weeks. I was scoring their uh, two opponents 130 to three and uh, Marvin Mims is their I think arguably their top recruit committed to Stanford Highland Park you know they're the three-time defending state champs uh, I, I don't know how much you covered Highland Park probably not uh, much um, I think I covered some playoff games yeah with them Randy Allen still there mm. um, going on 46 47 years yeah there's a lot of a lot of local coaching legends yeah, uh, so they won a shootout in week one against Rockwall, 66-59. Uh, just some players to watch. Prince Dorba committed to Texas, their uh, linebacker, and then quarterback Chandler Morris is committed to Arkansas. A lot of big names in that game. All right, game number three, Arlington Bowie versus Rockwall. The Vols are looking to go uh, to 3-0 for the second time in three years. Yeah, they would have made it uh, three straight years last season had not Rockwell defeated them 49-34. So trying to, uh, I guess you can call it a revenge game. We've talked about Bowie already with their depth. Coming off impressive wins against Marcus and Mansfield. Rockwall, uh, you know, still one of the area's top teams. Lost that thriller to Highland Park in week one. Rebounded to beat Rowlett in week two. I've said this since the season started. Their uh, wide receiver, Jackson Smith, um, their four-star kid, probably the best wide receiver in the area and, and one of the best in the state. He's committed to Ohio State. Um, overall, two weeks, 17 catches, 400 yards, and five touchdowns. All right, the final two games of the, the top five this week are DeSoto versus Dallas Bishop Dunn and 2-0 Prosper taking on 2-0 Flower Mound. Um, check those out at dfwvarsity.com. All right, Brian, we'll close here, uh, but what can listener, listeners expect on the high school front these next few days until our next podcast? Yeah, I'm going to do a couple features here. One, uh, Dominic Johnson, the running back from Crowley, committed to Missouri, uh, 1,100 yards last season. 
uh, should have should have a big senior year this year. Again, Crowley uh, starting off 2-0. Uh, Bryson Bonds, their top defensive back. Um, so look, looking like good things there in Crowley with uh, the Eagles and coach J.J. Resendez. Thinking about doing a story here next week, uh, Salt Lake Carroll and Odessa Permian play here on Friday, uh, excuse me, in Odessa, and just what Odessa's been through as well with their uh, mm-hmm. mass shooting a couple of weeks ago, and, and Carroll's done, you know, their part to fundraise, and uh, so I'll, I'll get more info from them. It sounded like maybe the the cheer squad kind of uh, started this whole thing, but looks like they're raising some money for them and, and making shirts. And then um, if you guys don't know, I do been doing Facebook Live now, uh, usually Fridays, Friday mornings, Friday afternoons at some of these high school prep rallies. Um, you know, I've been to uh, Northwest. Uh, I went to Burleson Centennial. Um, this week is still up in the air, but I, I try to go in just, you know, 20, 30 minutes of just shooting, you know, band, uh, cheerleaders, football, whatever, just to mm-hmm. get, um, I guess, the Facebook uh, audience as pumped up as as possible for those Friday night lights. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, try, I try to go to schools where you know I can uh, award our latest players of the week. I did that with Northwest. Um, you know the the schools will give me five minutes to to take the floor and, and announce the the players of the week. So uh, usually every Friday, uh, every Fridays, maybe Thursdays, um, Friday, Facebook Live over at the Fort Worth Star Telegram Facebook page. All right, Brian, it was a pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, Maybe I'll do it again down the road. Uh, That will do it for us on another High School Huddle podcast. Thanks for listening. Again, we are on iTunes. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you next week.